Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence. And Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, I hope you guys are hungry because it's time for another episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. I'm Wells Adams, and that is... Tyler Florence, man. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Welcome to uh, 2023. We're we're officially uh, in it now. And yeah, I have all my resolutions I failed on. And so... Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Who, who, who cares? I mean, I, I think for the most part, cause we talked about this last episode as far as yeah. like, you know, you know, new year, new you and, and you know, making the best of situations and that kind of stuff. And I, I think, you know, keep it simple. I, I think, you know, you, you want to have some resolutions that are attainable and doable. And, uh, and like I said before, I think what one of the most important things you could ever do that requires very little effort is just be more positive about your life yeah. and about things that are kind of coming around you, right? Like sort of shake off the negativity and, and try to, try to find the positive side of things, right? Try to find the happiness, try to like make yourself happy, make yourself a happy person because the energy that you throw out, uh, if it's, if it's good, honest, like really good, positive energy, you're going to get that back tenfold and, and you're going to see how your life sort of changes. And in no time at all, it just doesn't take a lot of work, you know, just to, just to be happy, just to smile. Yeah. Well, one of the things that makes me happy is eating well. Yeah. And, you know, I have stuck to this resolution, which is to be a better cook in 2023. And the way that I'm doing that is vis-a-vis my good friend, Tyler Florence over there. Um, So today I want to really break down, pun intended, I guess, Mm -hmm. the chicken. I want to talk about making chicken best cuts of the chicken, best practices in uh, butchering and then seasoning and then cooking. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because I don't know if you knew that we were going to talk about this, but I feel like every episode we should focus on kind of one staple in the kitchen. And I think chicken is the number one staple out there. So it definitely is. And 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 I, I didn't I wasn't really crystal clear on what we're gonna jump into, but I, I think it's kind of great. And you first of all, committing to cooking, I think is is the first step to really kind of owning your kitchen space and feeling comfortable in your kitchen space is mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna cook, right? 
And I, I think to, you know, the most important thing when it comes to cooking and starting cooking, especially of a new year from a resolution standpoint, is just to like pick a cookbook, right? Pick a lane, you know, pick a culinary lane, like because there's chicken dishes everywhere. If you like chicken specifically, right? Like you could say, I really love the flavors of Mexico. I really love the flavors of Spain, or I really love the flavors of the American South, or I really love the flavors of whatever, right? Italy, France, whatever. Find a cookbook or find like a digital resource and then just kind of like find a couple of good, simple recipes that you feel like are attainable. You know, chicken's always a great place to start just because, you know, you know, everyone's going to love it and you get your hands on it. And it's relatively easy to cook. And then and then just kind of jump into it. And and I, I think, you know, mastering four or five, you know, really good chicken recipes under your belt. So you got like a good rotation. You know, if you're going to you're cooking for your loved ones or you're cooking for a dinner party, you should always have like, you know. I think 10 to 12 dishes under your belt. They're just like rock stars. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you can just kind of put them in rotation. People ask for them, that kind of stuff. Right. So that's the first part, but then kind of going back to what you're talking about specifically with like chicken um, it's the most popular search term in the culinary world, you know, like chicken by far in a way, like what people are really kind of looking for out there. Uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast is of course, number one, um, which, which to me, and it's not my favorite cut. Do you like boneless, skinless chicken breast? I don't. I, I find it similar to like a fillet. I don't think that the fillet is the the best cut of a cow, but for some reason on uh, menus at restaurants, it is always like the one that's featured. And I feel like that's the same way with chicken breast. I I tend to like the darker meat and the fattier meat, which is usually thighs and legs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm with you. Like boneless, skinless chicken breast, especially in like the like if it's a cafe or if it's like a you know a cob salad or if it's some sort of like pasta dish, you know, boneless, skinless chicken breast is just sort of like in neutral and you know easy to cook and that kind of stuff. Um, but the, it but it doesn't have a lot of fat. Fat is flavor. Fat's moisture, right? And so I think when it comes to cooking chicken, I, I think if you had to kind of put it into a category, like thighs are number one, my favorite. Like a chicken thigh is so bomb and you can buy them like boneless, skinless chicken thighs. If the bones and the skins kind of freak out, because sometimes people have a texture thing with chicken. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I think those cook up just as well as a, as a chicken breast. If you're going to grill it or pan fry it or make a chicken cutlet uh, or, you know, what's really popular now is like, you know, like a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, you know, like chicken thighs are just like the way to go. And I, I think that that's the, my number one, most delicious, like part, part of the chicken. The second one's going to be the chicken wing, the chicken wing. I think I could, I could crush chicken wings. Like I, I'm a chicken wing fiend. Okay. Here's the question. Are you a flats or a drummy guy? No flats all day. All day. Yeah, I think the drums are cute and all, but like the real flavors in the flats and I could take and the, and just so if, if people are, are listening to this and either, you know, exactly what Wills is talking about or you don't. <laughs> so the drumette is the part of the chicken wing that's connected to the breast. Right. And then kind of ends at like the knuckle piece. And, and when you, when you butcher it down, it kind of looks like a little chicken leg or a drumette. Right. And the flats is, is that flat part that has the two bones. It kind of runs all the way through. I think that is the most delicious tender, you know, and, and I, I have this method of like cleaning the entire chicken flat thing out with, with my teeth and kind of getting everything and like perfectly cleaning two bones. Um, but it, when my, uh, my teenage son Hayden and I go to dinner, cause he's a big chicken wing fan too, that we just kind of get messy with it. Right. We'll order, you know, we'll order two dozen wings and a few different sauces. And then, you know, 
like prison style. We're just like kind of just, you know, face down, eating a big mess of wings and just kind of loving it. Right. So I, I, I think that those are two, my two favorite cuts or the thigh and then, and then the wing. And, and then, you know, when it comes to like the breast, <clears throat> I think the breast is, it can be really elegant. I think it can be really, really delicious. I think a brine uh, for a chicken breast is a great way to handle that. And that's like a, that's like a, like a four to, you know, I'm sorry, like an, like an eight to one, like salt to water solution. Um, so you have just enough salt inside the liquid to kind of give it a little bit of flavor to it. Uh, and then you can throw some citrus, some garlic garlic, fresh herbs, and then through osmosis, the moisture from the brine itself will get absorbed into the chicken from for, because of the salt. Almost the same way that if you have, you know, either one too many salted margaritas or one too many dirty martinis, the next day you kind of feel a little puffy, right? Like water, salted water will get absorbed into the chicken itself. And then that's going to be extra moisture. That's going to be extra flavor. Uh, and and uh, and a delicateness to it, so it's seasoned from the inside out, which I think is really really nice. And then I think when it comes to cooking, because I I I can make a boneless skinless chicken breast make you cry, just so incredibly delicious. And so it really kind of feels like a filet mignon, and not something just kind of hammered and overcooked. So that's time and temperature, right? So you so you you want to take the uh, I I think brining chicken breasts is a way to go for sure, right? So let's just assume we're going to brine it. And then, then after maybe two hours in the brine, which is going to be plenty, and and you you could weigh the chicken before and after, and the brine chicken breast is going to be heavier because it's going to absorb the, the salted water. And again, it's going to translate all that flavor uh, to the inside of the chicken breast, and it's just going to be delicious. So the next thing you got to do is you got to pat it dry, right? You got to, it's got to be as dry as you can possibly get it on the outside. So you just, you know, let it hang out on a paper towel. Should you wash you wanna- it? out of the package as well as you wash it off the water because sometimes it's like a little slimy you know well and and that just depends like like i i don't wash my chicken right okay. um um but uh, but i i i get impeccably fresh chicken from really good sources and it's usually just a grocery store that i feel really comfortable with and that kind of thing now when when you get chicken i i do think i'm gonna i'm gonna switch gears we're gonna finish talking about how to cook the chicken breast for a yeah. second but i want to answer your question because i think this is important so when it comes to handling protein we have i have a few uh just like plastic cutting boards that I put on top of my pretty wooden cutting boards if I'm handling raw protein, right? Because it's not so much about the, 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 the chicken itself, the, 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 you know, the moisture of it would make you sick necessarily. What what would happen is that the protein that's inside the liquid and the water would settle inside of a cutting board. And then that bacteria on something that you probably wouldn't cook like a piece of toast or something, or, or, you know, some fresh vegetables like that could possibly make you sick from a bacteria standpoint. Right. But rarely would like the chicken itself make you sick. If you're eating cuts of meat that are potentially that contaminated, then maybe you shouldn't be eating them in, in, in the first place, or maybe you should have a better source. Cause like most, most chicken plants are incredibly impeccably clean. You know, if you get it like a really kind of fresh chicken of course you want to check the sell by date when when you're shopping for chicken uh organic air dried is another great way uh to make sure that, that the chicken's going to be healthier and cleaner uh um uh, air cooled chicken yeah, that, that's a, that's a really kind of interesting label to kind of look for on top of chicken so once they process the chicken they have to bring the temperature uh which is 98 degrees back down to something that's like you know in, in the in the high 30s low 40s pretty quickly so sometimes uh in big vats and this is where sometimes the bacteria thing will, will kind of come up in a conversation uh they'll cool the chicken 
chickens in a big vat of just cold water. And it's not really, you know, it's not necessarily the most sanitary thing where air cooled chicken uh, goes into a cooler and gets blasted with air. So there's no, the possible of uh, cross contamination is, is dropped down dramatically uh, when it comes to that. Right. So I, I, I think, but, you know, taking it back to processing kind of in your own kitchen, I think having a plastic cutting board, right. That is sort of your protein board. And if you watch all of our videos, if we're ever like cutting raw meat, we will take the, you know, white plastic cutting board, put it on top of our pretty wooden cutting board. And that's what we're going to cut raw chicken on. And then the cutting board goes into the sink. You wash your hands. Uh, you put the chicken on a plate or something. So it's not going to touch any sort of a kind of wooden surface. And then you're in good shape. Then you're ready to cook something. But I think that's probably the best way to make sure that you're going to just have like a safe sanitary kind of cook environment when it comes to chicken. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, like the chicken itself is not going to make you sick, right? But it, it's the residue of having it sort of, of having the, the, the protein uh, uh, water uh, drip into a wooden surface that's not necessarily going to get cleaned. And then that touches a raw vegetable. That's where the cross-contamination is going to come from. Gotcha. All right. Go back to your chicken bomb breast. chicken recipe. That's going to make you cry. So yeah. I think this is kind of like one of those fun things to do because it just, it goes with everything, right? You can have it for dinner with mashed potatoes. You can slice it thin and put it on top of a cob salad. You could slice it thin and fold it into pasta. Um, you, you can, you can barbecue it. You can eat it cold out of the refrigerator. It's really good too. So time and temperature. So you and I have talked about an instant wreath thermometer a couple of times, right? Mm -hmm. Did you get one of those for Christmas? Tell me you did. I did. Beautiful. So now um, this is going to be a little controversial too, but there you go. Boom. Look at you brotherly and whipping it out, my friend. <laughs> so insert thermometer is going to, is going to be that because it's got to be subtle, right? So most like websites and resources will say, you got to cook chicken north of 160, sometimes 170. And, and I think that's a real hardcore dehydration zone, right? Yeah. So, so the, it says on the back of the one that I've got in the studio right now, a chicken, turkey, and poultry, 165 is what it says. 165. 165 is like with the north side of what it, what I, I I think is done. Because when you're in that, 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 you're basically drying the chicken out, right? Yeah. So 40 to 140 is going to be your temperature danger zone, right? When it comes to cooking stuff, right? So anywhere between 40 to 140, bacteria has a, has, has a uh, proclivity to just like... Like rapidly evolve and, and and so so anyways but but uh, north of 140 you're you're kind of in 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 like really good shape now nobody likes 140 degree chicken because that would look like it's like medium medium rare or whatever it is right but but once you kind of get into like the 155 157 range right and I know it sounds kind of subtle difference between that and 160 and 165 but it all makes a huge difference right mm -hmm. so okay so we got our chicken br breast brined right we're gonna put it onto a paper towel we're gonna let it dry and then you're gonna get a nice big saute pan. Um, um, nonstick if you got it. If not, doesn't make a big difference. And then you're going to get it hot. You're going to preheat your pan and then you're going to add room temperature olive oil to it and you're going to let that come to a slight smoke, right? We're not going to catch the house on fire, but we want to have a little shimmer and a, and a little sort of like, you know, it needs to be hot enough to really begin to caramelize the protein right away. Okay. So then, so then uh, you want, you want to hit the chicken breast with a little bit of salt on the outside, a little bit of extra virgin olive oil on the outside, a little pepper if you want to. And then, and then you, you want to, because the chicken breast can be heavy, you would grab them with tongs and then you want to drop it into the saute pan away from you, not towards you. Cause you don't want the oil to splash on you. You want the splash on the counter in the back. Right. 
And then, and then, and then you should be able to kind of give the pan a little shake and it shouldn't stick, which is kind of like a magic trick that I do in front of people all the time. You create like a nonstick surface uh, out of a regular saute pan with just like preheating the pan, then adding room temperature olive oil to it, right? And and then and then you want to cook it, right? So so we're we're gonna get like a really nice what they call Maillard reaction, and that's where the proteins and the amino acids will start to melt and form this really you know delicious, beautiful brown crust on the outside of it, right? And then once you kind of start to start to smell really good, your nose is gonna give you the first signal that you're in you're doing something great, right? And then sometimes I'll turn the temperature down a little bit, specifically if it's still like, feel like it's starting to splatter a little bit, right? And sort of turn the temperature down just a little bit. And then we're going to cook it through on the stovetop in the saute pan from beginning to end, okay? So then once you get a really, really nice brown color, and we're talking about, you know, maybe maybe seven to eight minutes on one side, don't flip it and flip it and flip it because you really want to have contact time with the pan itself, right? And then when you have seven, eight minutes, you've got a really nice golden crust on the outside. You also want to take your tongs, you're going to flip it over, and then you're going to cook cook the other side. Now, you've already cooked it, I would say, probably more than halfway through. The, the heat has transferred through the chicken breast on one side. It's, it's pretty much halfway cooked already on the other side. And then when you flip it over, um, you've got a presentation side, which is going to be the side you're looking at right now, which is going to be just really pretty, nice and golden brown. That's going to, that's the side that's going to go on on the plate, you know, kind of like brown side, yummy side up, right? Now you want to start probing your chicken to make sure it's cooked uh, to the perfect temperature, right? And then so, you know, obviously the thickest part is going to take the longest to cook. The tail piece, the skinnier part of the chicken breast is going to take a little bit less time to cook. But you're looking for an internal temperature of about 155 degrees, right? And then so so anything north of that, you're really just starting to dry your chicken out, right? So if you've had chicken, I'm sure you have, it feels really dry, like a mouthful of puffy cotton. Yeah. You know, it's just awful because there's no moisture in it whatsoever, right? But if you, if you, if you, once you kind of hit that 155, 150, 155, that temperature zone, and then you want to take it out and just kind of let, let it rest for a little bit. And then, and then you slice it, it's going to be perfectly cooked. And then you're going to be shocked about how much, how juicy the bird is. Right. And, and even sort of slicing it like, and how, how moist it looks, it looks and feels like, and all that is just really kind of perfect. It's the same thing I do with Turkey at, at, at Thanksgiving, dude. Like it's, it's just, if you perfectly cook a Turkey, you don't really hot wear chicken breast. You don't have to do a lot to it to really kind of make it amazing. Then dude, finish it with a nice squeeze of lemon juice. You know, you can hit finish it with like some fresh chopped parsley, Parmesan cheese, like, and then, and then hit it with, finish it with whatever you want. Right. I mean, you know, the, uh, which is, you know, the wonderful thing about a boneless, skinless chicken breast, it's so neutral. You can do so you can do anything with it. And it's just kind of like a perfect yummy weeknight meal. I literally chicken breast, a little bit of brine, right? You're going to brine it. Right. And then, and then you want to hit it with um, just great, um, um, you know, time and temperature and be really smart about it. And then, you know, make sure you're using your insta thermometer and kind of getting some really, really kind of fantastic, uh, um, you know, moisture out of that. And then I think you got something really great. So you get to 155 internal, you pull it off. How long were we resting for? You know, seven to eight minutes or so, okay. you know, like before you, before you cut it and put it onto a plate. And then again, you don't even really have to, you could just put it straight on a plate or straight onto a platter uh, and then, and then rock it and it's ready to go. So if you get a really nice eight ounce chicken breast, you can cut that in half. And I think that's food for two people, plus a couple a side dish or two or salad or, you know, side of pasta or potatoes or something like that. I think you got a really, really nice one. I think that's great. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When buying a chicken, do you believe in buying a whole chicken and then butchering it yourself or buying just ex- exactly what you want? Well, I, I think it depends, right? I mean, like, so w- w- when you think about chicken, what's the first thing that you think about? I think chicken wings. Chicken I'm wings. Okay, great. Yeah. I love chicken wings. Then um, obviously you're not going to buy a whole chicken. But yeah, I do like making rice and soups and stuff like that and so in my mind i like to butcher down a chicken and then use that um you know the cavity of of the chicken to make the a cage stock. right the bones right yeah and and so you can do a lot with that right a whole chicken is going to give you some gifts right especially if you really like to make bone broth or if you like to make chicken stock um that's one of the great things about you know ro- roasting a whole chicken uh and then using kind of the carcass and the pieces and the drippings to do to, to, to make something really really kind of yummy and interesting like a nice sort of secondary dish out of it like chicken noodle soup or whatever right mm-hmm. but I, I think you know it just depends on on what you when when you think about chicken like what do you what do you think about immediately right do, is a, a a beautiful whole roasted chicken exactly what you're thinking about um do uh do your family like you know mixed pieces and parts like i like thighs they like breasts somebody else likes legs then i think getting a whole chicken and butchering it down is probably you know the best way to go uh, you know, it, it, it just, you know, sometimes you go to the grocery store and it's like, dude, it's already cut. It's in the package. You know, yeah. I got to do a season and it's ready to rock and roll. And I'm, and sometimes like, you know, the convenience of all that is exactly what, it, what the, the recipes call for. Sometimes like, you know, things can be, you know, too, too difficult to make it make sense. But dude, I love a perfect roasted chicken, like 400 degrees for an hour. Um, I, I think that that's like, you know, if you, it, it's my dead on perfect, fantastic recipe. I've been using rocking for years. Uh, if you, f- uh, fill the cavity with, you know, a lemon cut in half, a head of garlic cut in half, you know, fresh thyme, fresh lemon, fresh sage, uh, salt and pepper, tie the legs together. So it fits. So it looks more like a football instead of, you know, instead of sort of floppy and open, like really kind of, so it cooks nice and evenly 
400 degrees for an hour, perfect every single time. And again, you're looking for, you know, about a 155 internal temperature. Uh, and I think that's great. And then this other thing that we've been rocking lately, which is, which is kind of cool. Do you like grilled chicken? You like barbecue chicken? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So one thing that we've been doing is kind of like this reverse sear chicken, which is, which is just fire. It's so, it's so great. Like, I don't think I'll barbecue chicken any other way ever again. This is the new, new. Are you ready for this? Late on me. This is the new, new. Okay. So you, you're going to take either whole chicken, cut it up into 10 pieces, or you're going to buy fryer parts, which is going to be legs and thighs, whatever it is, right? Now, we like to make a little sort of uh, seasoning mix out of like salt, pepper, lemon zest, crushed garlic, you know, fresh sage, fresh rosemary, chop it all up, right? And then you just want to toss the chicken and this like really, really nice seasoning mix, put it onto a sheet pan, and then we're going to bake it in the oven as low as it can possibly go, like 200 degrees for about an hour, right? And and so we we were we we've been playing around with this. This is sort of a hybrid of my famous fried chicken recipe that's on uh, Food and Wine magazine, um, but it it crosses over in so many different other outlets other than just fried chicken, right? So grilling chicken <clears throat> raw to cook on the grill, you're going to get hot spots. It's going to burn. You're going to get flare ups, right? And 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 you're going to dry it out. It, it it's it, it's it's difficult to 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 get it right. Even even for me necessarily, right? You, you, it's not going to be. Not every piece is going to be perfect until now, right? Because now, if you par cook the chicken for about an hour at the lowest possible temperature you can possibly get, now it ain't going to look pretty, right? You you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna say, okay, you know, I I was listening to two dudes in the kitchen and I pulled off the first part of this recipe and it ain't much to look at. What's going on here? It's not the point, right? Like, so you, you want to par cook the chicken, especially at a low temperature, right? Because like um, moisture turns into a vapor at 212, right? So that's where anything higher than that, you're really going to start to get mass evaporation, especially if you're talking about 375, 4, 400 degrees, 500 degrees, like a grill, five, you know, 450, 550 degrees, like grill hot, you, you're just going to get mass evaporation of moisture, right? But if you can cook it slowly at a low temperature for about an hour, par cook it for about an hour you're going to you all the fat's going to stay in place and you're going to retain a bunch of moisture and 200 degrees is hot enough to cook something right so it's going to start to cook and then and then you you want to cook it until if you know playing with your instant rate thermometer you want to go for about 130 degrees 140 degrees medium medium rare you know what i mean if you had to think about it as a steak and then this is where this gets super fun so now you can throw on any kind of marinade on top of that, right? You can throw on any barbecue sauce, teriyaki sauce, you know, uh, honey mustard, you know, French vinaigrette. Uh, um, you, you, you could you could dust it with like a like a, a barbecue dry spice and grill it like that, right? But now we're we're gonna instead of going from raw to cook, uh, which could take easily ten to twelve minutes, we're we're, we're gonna cut that down to about six minutes, and and so you're gonna you're gonna uh, uh, start grilling the chicken. Right with the, you know straight straight out of the oven onto the sheet pan, and then straight onto the grill, and you're going to start to mark it right, and you're going to start to cook it. Then you're going to start to mop it, 
right? And and now you're you're the only thing you're really doing is kind of finishing the chicken all the way through, and then really thinking about the exterior of the chicken, right? The sort of like the 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 mopping of the chicken, the glazing of the chicken, the caramelization of the sugars in the sauce to really kind of make it nice and sticky and golden brown, right? So that, you know, barbecue sauce, you know, like I said, like, you know, really kind of great. Like we did one not too long ago with like a piccata butter, which was just insanely delicious. So I I think that kind of par cooked uh, chicken, I think to me, like that's the new, new, right? So it's like, could we call it like reverse sear chicken? So it's like a whole chicken breast cut up in pieces, really good, nice uh, herby citrus garlicky marinade, bake it until you get about 130 and then finish on the grill. And then you can take it to a million different directions, however you want to, but it's the best juiciest chicken that I think you'll ever cook. It's one of our, what we call our benchmark recipes, which we think if the recipe hits that benchmark status, it's as good as it gets until we top it. Right. And I, I think reverse your chicken on the grill is just banging. You got to make that into a TikTok, my man. Well, yeah, I feel like we did it on Instagram. You know what I think we got to do, man? I think we got to we got to start really cooking on on with this little thing we're doing now. It, it's starting to catch fire. I was at the restaurant the other night at Miller and Lux and like I had a couple of tables because I always kind of walk out in the dining room and say hi. Uh, and people like, oh, we're loving the podcast you know, such good feedback. You know, we had this uh, one couple said so they they crushed like four or five episodes on a car ride not too long ago. And so I think we're doing some good stuff. So I think you and I, we got to start like doing these like maybe cook along things like on Instagram. You know, I'm in my kitchen, you're in yours. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a live. Let's do a live, bro. That works. Right? Yeah. It's two dudes in a kitchen live. Ooh. We got to take this show on the road. That's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of social media, I'm not sure if you've seen her on TikTok named Omi, and it's uh, at Cooking Con Omi. Cooking Con Omi, yeah, man. She was a successful like makeup artist on TikTok, and then the pandemic hit, and she pivoted over to cooking traditional Puerto Rican dishes, and she's absolutely exploded on social media. And coming up in just a couple of minutes after the break, we're going to have Omi on the show, and we're going to talk everything Puerto Rican cooking, and I'm so very excited for it. Quick break. When we come back, we'll have Omi on Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in a Kitchen. It's now Two Dudes in a Kitchen with a uh, beautiful young lady. It's Omi Hopper. How are you? Doing good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. You went from successful makeup artist to TikTok star. Tell me how that works. That's what a pandemic does to you. (laughs) When you're stuck in the house with... The side hustle. Yes. No, I was stuck at home like everyone else, of course, you know, taking care of our bodies, taking care of our health. And my boys were all on Zoom calls from school. I have four boys, by the way, three of which were in school. And I was trying not to lose my mind up in here, up in here. So what I did was I decided that I was going to record myself just cooking my traditional Puerto Rican dishes. And before I knew it, I had over... 100,000 followers in less than three months. Yeah, we were looking at your numbers before we brought you on. Over half a million followers on TikTok, almost 300,000 on Instagram, over 50,000 on YouTube. My question is, did you do like makeup tutorials on social media beforehand? Uh, And was that also as popular? I did. I did do makeup tutorials on my Instagram page, which I had had for years, but I never had the popularity that I have with (laughs) Cooking Con Omi. And honestly, I believe there's so much to the fact that in the makeup world, I felt like I needed to fit a mold and I I needed to kind of be very cautious with how I express myself because of course I it was my business it was the way that I attracted clients it was the way that I operated business so I was very cautious with that where with cooking Kongomi, I would just said I took a pill of effort all and I was like let's just do this let's just do it the way that I that how I am I think one of my favorite things about your videos is I mean the food looks delicious uh it's like very approachable like it's not like crazy uh james beard award-winning like need to know way too much about cooking but uh it's also a spanish lesson like i feel like i'm learning spanish the entire time i'm watching your videos so my entire channel is spanglish it's uh, it's a little bit of spanish a little bit of english because neither of them are very good looking for me so I speak both, (laughs) but I try to do it in the same way that my grandmother taught me. I was raised with all the amazing women in my family, my grandmother, my aunts, my mom. They all cooked in the kitchen. There was always a party. Someone was always singing and dancing. Everyone's trying each other's foods. And that was just how I learned. I learned in that atmosphere. And so I figured if I can learn like this, many others can also learn like this as well. 
Now, I love Puerto Rico. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And and now that I live in California, I don't get a chance to go as much as I did when I lived in New York City. And and I was in New York City for about 15 years. And I'd go to Puerto Rico at least once a year, if not twice a year. And it was just kind of my island, right? I mean, I just like old San Juan. I could I could literally live there. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, and then, you know, like all the entire island is so interesting. Um, you know, like El Yunque, you're from the rainforest. It's uh, in in the center of the island. Uh, Rincon on the west coast. I think it's one of the most beautiful, like surf capitals of the world. Aguadilla, you know, like Mayaguez, like all these like amazing uh, places that that are just so like you know rural and interesting. And 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 then and then there's the food, um, which has this kind of like beautiful smash up between you know, Latin American flavor profiles, but then something that feels very Caribbean all at the same time. Right. And so, so talk about that for a second, because I, I think Puerto Rican food definitely has its own identity, but I think it's, it's coming into its own. And I think it deserves a, a, you know, a pretty clear definition. Like what is Puerto Rican food? Oh my God. I absolutely love this question. And first of all, thank you so much for shouting out all of the best spots in Puerto Rico. There's so many more, but Ponce in the South, like some of those beautiful yes. rum production in the world. Like I've been all over Puerto Rico. I love it. I love that. I love that. And yes, the food in Puerto Rico, we are in the Caribbean and we are heavily, heavily influenced by our Spaniard, our African and Taino roots. And when you're talking about our foods, there's so much of it that you can grab from each of those. And when what you see now, right, what has really made it so popular is the fact that we've kept so much of those traditions and continue on adding to them. So there's mofongo, but then you've got mofongo de yuca. There's mofongo de platano. There's, you know, everyone is always adding to it and making it their own. And that's really what I intend to do in the kitchen. When I'm cooking, that's what I love to show. In tu cocina, tu mandas. In your kitchen, you're your boss. Let's do it up, but let's not lose tradition. I love that. A lot of pork, a lot of plantains, you know, a lot of really good deep savory flavors. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, sin lechon, if you don't have pork, it's, come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Exactly. Rice and beans, what are we doing here? Is it even Christmas? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It just, you know, it's food that kind of makes me happy. And it's it's a, a culture that I think is just so kind of warm and welcoming. You know, every time you go to to Puerto Rico, if, if it's not like on your list of places that you're thinking about traveling to from a vacation standpoint, you should, uh, because the, the weather is fantastic. Like the, the the climate's amazing. The music is spectacular. Like there's like that kind of Puerto Rican sort of like Latino jazz kind of thing, which is just so, so amazing. And uh, and then of course you you get into the food, and I also love the culture too because like everyone stays up late at night, right? There's like definitely like sort of like a in kind of a like a, a vacationing vibe everywhere, and uh, um and, and the food's just so amazing. So we love your TikTok videos. We love like kind of celebrating that particular culture and the food, and and when when you've been uh, producing vi- videos, uh, it, 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 similar to me, like when 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 you write recipes. Some things just climb to the top. There's no real rhyme or reason of why things just become like crazy popular. Um, what are some of the like blockbuster recipes that you've cranked out? You know, there is no secret sauce or secret recipe to a specific recipe, you know, doing doing the best. Um, I believe when I put something in simple layman's terms where it's just get from point A to point B as easy as possible, that is when people react and, and love 
the most. That's when they love it the most. Mm -hmm. uh, my mofongo con camarones al ajillo, which is mofongo with uh, sauteed shrimp and like garlic buttery sauce. That thing took off like 1.5 million views. Yeah, it's crazy. My pasteles video, I took a recipe that usually takes up to two days to make. It's a very traditional Christmas recipe, pasteles. And I took my grandmother's recipe and I tried to show it as authentic and clear as possible. And that video did so well. And it was six minutes long, which mm -hmm. in the world of social media, six minutes is a very long time. But people were engaged the entire time. And I think it's that. I think it's every time I explain something as simple as possible, that's when people love it the most. So um, then let's talk about Monfogo for a second, because I think it's kind of like the dish of Puerto Rico in a lot of ways, right? It's, it's the dish that I think a lot of people uh, sort of recognize as like purely uh, Puerto Rican. Let's start from scratch. Like, what is that? Monfogo is plantain, mashed plantain, seasoned with garlic, butter, oil, and pork. Pork grinds, you could do bacon. Lo que te diga tu corazón. <laughs> And then, and then what do you do with that? Exactly. So you like, you, so, you, you fry the plantains It's kind of crispy on the outside. Yeah. So you're going to fry your plantains and you're going to get a very crispy plantain, but then you're going to mash it up and that's going to create the actual mash consistency, kind of like a, if a potato and a juca had a baby. So mm -hmm. that's what you're going to end up getting. And it's beautifully seasoned with everything that I just mentioned. And, and we're talking about ripe plantains, right? Like yellow with the black, not the green ones, right? No, we're talking the green ones. Oh, Always the green the ones. Okay, interesting. Yes. Go ahead. Although, like I said, because things have evolved uh, so, you know, so much now, people make it with the yellow, people make it with the yuca, they make it with the green, they even make it with all three. And I mean, that's amazing too. Growing up, what was your favorite Puerto Rican dish? What reminds you of home the most? Home for me is viandas con bacalao. So it's codfish and it is seasoned with olive oil and vinegar and all of the onions and garlic and peppers in a vinaigrette almost, but it's uh, almost like a soft fry. It's very soft fry. And the viandas, which would always be grown in my grandmother's backyard. So you've got your green bananas, yuca, you know, plantains, all of those grown right in our backyard. That reminds me of home. And this is a dish that has deep Spanish ancestry too, right? If you think about it, because cod is not a, you know, a traditional fish that you're going to find in the Caribbean. Yes. Yes. It is definitely one of our Spaniard recipes. Okay. So if I'm going to a Puerto Rican restaurant tonight, what do I absolutely need to order? You absolutely need to order your mofongo with camarones al ajillo. That's going to be mm -hmm. your number one. Shrimp and garlic, and right? Good, yeah. And some good rice and beans. Yeah. Never hurt nobody. What am I drinking with it? <laughs> some Puerto Rican rum. Puerto Rican okay. rum, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 call it, I call it pirate bourbon. <laughs> yes. So good. Te diga tu corazón. You choose. Yeah. All right, Omi. So this, uh, this episode's all about chicken we were talking about chicken before we brought you on um i guess my question is is like do you have any chicken hacks is there a puerto rican uh style of chicken that you uh, absolutely love so i absolutely love pollo al caldero 
So when you're thinking of a Spanish rice pot, you put your entire whole chicken in that rice pot. It doesn't go in the oven. You don't got to do anything in the air fryer. It's just going to go right on the stovetop with a little bit of butter and you're going to cook it on the stovetop. It is incredible. A whole chicken mm -hmm. in a caldero, as juicy as it gets. And it's homey and yummy and delicious and feel, it feels like a like a family favorite. You know, it's you just a want to put it hug. Yeah, it's a warm hug. It goes straight from the oven, straight to the table. You kind of tear it apart. Everybody gets a spoon. I, I think it's delicious. Now, like uh, I, I, I like um, the condiments. Um, with like Puerto Rican condiments when it comes to stuff like that. Like, what do you put on rice and beans? Mi sofrito fresquecito. Sofrito. You have to have sofrito when you're thinking about any Caribbean dish. Any Latino food, by the way, because all Latinos have their own version of sofrito, but mm -hmm. Puerto Ricans really have sofrito down to a science where it's a mixture of seven vegetables. You've got your peppers, your onions, garlic, Puerto Rican small sweet peppers, cilantro, culantro, which is cilantro's cousin, that all together combine into this paste, kind of like a chimichurri, but you're always going to soft fry it first. That's why it's called sofrito. You soft fry it first before mm -hmm. throwing anything in your pot, and it is delicious. That's and wait, don't you have your own sofrito uh, like sauce for sale? Yes, I do. Mi sofrito fresquecito. <laughs> I do. I started off, it's crazy. This has been a whirlwind where, you know, I that recipe went viral for me. My sofrito recipe went viral. And out of that recipe, I remember during COVID, we I was attending a class where someone was kind of giving us tips on how to reopen after COVID, right? And I had my makeup studio that I was trying to reopen after COVID, even though I was already doing the makeup, the the cooking tutorials, the cooking videos. And Someone recognized me from that class and said, wait a minute, what are you doing trying to open up your makeup business? Like, I see you cooking all the time and it's doing really good. What are you doing here? And she was the person who put me on and said, you really need to like make, make this. You have to make this. And she helped me through the whole process. And I locally, we have a uh, shared kitchen called Hope in Maine where small businesses like myself can go in and create a product from beginning to end as if it were a baby. And mm -hmm. I was able to sell my sofrito here locally in Rhode Island, where I'm from. And it did amazing. It sold out so many times. And now we're in the middle of reproducing and making it better. But yeah, mi sofrito fresquecito. Do you have some other sauces or marinades in the works that we need to know about? Oh, yeah. So out of that sofrito, sofrito has this, releases this gold juice. I call it gold juice. Mm. It's a marinade. That's that's a mojo. So I, I take that juice and I add some beautiful flavors to that. And that's my marinade. So that's coming soon. Yeah, like the, like to me, like the mojo ma marinades, it feels very, uh, very Puerto Rican, very Caribbean. And it's like this, like, you know, garlicky citrus juice thing that you inject in pork uh, and then cook it on the caja china low and slow until it's like nice and melty. And it just tastes like cilantro and onion and sofrito and citrus and melty pork fat. And it's just fabulous. Like it's not, it's not really spicy per se, but it's zesty and it's got so much flavor going on. 
Tyler is my Puerto Rican brother from another mother. Yeah, but for sure, for sure. I mean, I just, I, I feel like for, you know, for years, I would just go to Puerto Rico just because I just really loved it. And then I was, you know, you know, inviting friends to come down with me and they were like, oh my God, this place is crazy. I'm like, yeah, Puerto Rico is it. It's just so fantastic and laid back and chill. And I always think the food was fantastic. And yeah, I, I love Puerto Rico. Omi, it's uh, been so wonderful talking with you. And now I'm officially hungry and thirsty for some pirate rum. I don't know what that is, but I need it. Pirate bourbon. Yeah. Pirate. Like like really good dark Puerto Rican rum is yeah. just some of the best stuff in the world. It's like sugarcane alcohol. Right. Yeah. And then they, you know, it, they, they store in a charred barrel and uh, God, it's just so delicious and smooth, especially if you can kind of get like 20 year old Puerto Rican rum, I think is really special. Lagrima de Monte. Tyler, since you love going over there so much, if you ever go to the center of the island, to the highest points, uh-huh. they have some of the best restaurants with the best Lagrima de Monte. It's like their own homemade moonshine. It is absolutely incredible. Well, that sounds like a good time. Wells, you down with that? Yeah, let's Puerto go. Puerto Rican moonshine. That's a, that's a vacation. I need that immediately. Immediately. I'm all in. Oh, for those people out there that don't follow you on social media, where can they go and find you? You can find me on all platforms as Cooking Con Omi, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's congratulations on all of it. It's just it's so much fun to watch. And I, I just love like, you know, out of out of the pandemic, you know, everyone's passion really sort of rises to the top. People make, you know, real clear decisions on what they want to do and who they are as a person and what they're going to do now. And like, you know, there's no better time to be yourself. Uh, sometimes when you have your back up against the wall from a creative perspective and, and you're doing it, you're crushing it. And it's so much fun to watch you cook. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you guys today. Thank you. Why not? All right. See you, Omi. All right. Take care. Uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's she's fun, huh? I know. I want to go to Puerto Rico now. Puerto Rico's great. Have you been there, man? No, I've never been there. Puerto Rico's awesome. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, uh, and, you know, living in, in California, you know, everybody goes to Cabo San Lucas, right? Yeah. And everybody goes to Hawaii and, you know, or Puerto Vallarta, like in Mexico, right on the West Coast. And so the Caribbean thing to me, it's like, you know, it, it's very like East Coast centric sort of choice to go because we you know go to jamaica a bunch and and all these sort of things but but uh, puerto rico is fabulous man it's just a good place to go get lost it's it's relatively inexpensive to go have a great vacation the food's fun the music scene's great the economy's a little banged up i mean they've had you know a series of, like really just vicious hurricanes kind of going back and forth without a lot of like real kind of government intervention that they should they should have you know some some uh injection of you know funds just because it's it, it is an american territory right yeah uh, those are american citizens right and they they deserve it um but uh but it, it's a real super fun place do you need a passport to go to puerto rico no man no it's a u.s That's amazing yeah yeah just like just uh, you're I, th- I think you you know i think when you leave i think you have to declare any sort of like fruits and vegetables yeah. that kind of stuff like coming out of hawaii but other than that you're good dude it's bomb um, all right. Well, I'm going to go book a flight to Puerto Rico and yeah. we'll do the next episode from there, I guess. That sounds great. It sounds great. Okay. Well, I mean, happy 2023, my friend. I mean, I think we're, we're so excited about cranking out so much good content this year. We got yeah. some fun trips planned up too. Um, TBD uh, as we get a little closer to it, but uh, it's going to be a fun year, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cheers to 2023. And uh, we'll see all you guys next week. Come hungry. Take care, everybody. Later. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.